BMW. The 77%. It's time again for another edition of The 77%. Hello and a very warm welcome to the show that brings you up to speed with the issues affecting the youth across Africa. I'm Eunice Wenjiro in Bonn, Germany. On today's show, we are debating what women think and how they feel when issues affecting their lives are decided by men. We'll hear from some youth in the Gambia where an imam is advocating the decriminalization of female genital mutilation. I feel as a survivor or as a victim of, of a violation, be it FGM, I should be in that position to be able to talk about the things that affect me. And we'll also get to hear from Namibian musician Is, who is campaigning against gender-based violence with a great song. You don't want to miss that. Join the debate by visiting our Facebook page, DW Africa, and make sure to leave your comments there. We begin in the Gambia, where recently one of the conservative imams in the predominantly Muslim country called on the authorities to decriminalize female genital mutilation, or FGM. FGM was practiced for centuries in the Gambia until 2015 when its then leader Yahya Jame banned the practice, saying it was not required in Islam. Now let's head on straight to Banjul in the Gambia where Omar Wali is ready with the debate. The motion for the debate is what do women think when men discuss issues that affect their lives? And what does the criminalization of female genital mutilation mean for women? This is a 77% coming to you live from Banjul, the Gambia. My name is Omar Wali, and I will allow my panelists to introduce themselves. I am Fatou Kamara, our coordinator and founder of Gambian Ladies Organization. I am Awagai, and FGM advocate in the Gambia. I am Mohamed Dabo, CEO of Bandim Bantabai Entertainment. I will start with Awa. As a woman, how do you feel when men discuss issues that affect your life? I feel... It is not in their place to discuss issues that affect me because I am the one that's feeling, you know, the pain and all the trauma that is happening to me. So I feel as a survivor or as a victim of, of a violation, be it FGM or what, whatever violation it is, I should be in that position to be able to talk about the things that affect me and how it affects my life and not men taking the lead or trying to explain how I feel because as the saying goes, he who feels it knows it better. So I feel like, you know, it is, it is, it is women that, that need to be given that space to express how they feel and how FGM affects their lives and not men coming into those spaces to intrude. Fatu, what is your take on this? Yes, my take is I think there are two major uh, people, you know, women that should be given the chance to talk about FGM. That is those that are against FGM and those that are going in for FGM. Because if you look at the Gambia, for example, FGM is criminalized, but we still have women that are still going in for it. They stand to, they do it on extent. Um, they don't even mind being arrested by the police. And they're still doing it. So there has to be really a reason why they, they're doing this thing. So I think they should not be pushed out on the corner. They should be given the platform to actually talk about why they are doing this. Then that, when, they, that is, uh, when that is given, then that is the time we can actually have you know, a solution to all of this thing. Mohammed, many said things that affect women's life is not an issue that men should discuss. Should men discuss issues that affect their life? 
Of course, because um, we men and women exist contemporaneously, even from by nature. So what affects a woman affects a man in return. So we should share our pains with them in all given circumstances. So I think we cannot be left out in any cause that the women are undertaking, especially when it comes to serious issues like this. This is a natural issue that has descended to our cultural, our cultures, our religion. So, and we both share all this. We share our cultures, our religion, and everything together. So we cannot be left out. What they feel, we feel it as well. Fatu, is that the case? What female feel, that's what men feel. Yeah, I think what men should really try to point out or figure out here is how to satisfy their women in bed. I am not going to hide, I am just going to say it point blank. Because most of the women that are victims of FGM, especially, you know, we have two types of victims, you know, those that are cut out completely, and we have those that are cut just a little bit. So those that are cut out completely, most of them, complain that they find it very difficult to be satisfied when they are making out love uh, with, their, with their partners. So I think this is something that should be the concern of men, having women saying, we don't want this because this is what it does to us when we are making out with our partners. So that should be something that men should be concerned about. Our, the practice was banned in 2015 by the former president Yahya Jame, but you're still on it because people are still practicing this in secretly. So what do women tell you? the ones you interact with as far as FGM is concerned? Based on my advocacy, especially in the rural Gambia, most of the women that I interact with maybe would say that it's a religious obligation or because it's culture. And most of the time, some of them would say that because it's part of the culture, if you have not undergone the practice, you're termed as someone that is not clean. So for me, I feel like those are some of the reasons that maybe subjects them to do the practice, even if it is not something that they want to do. But again, we talk about the wall of tribe. They don't practice FGM. I come from a wall of tribe. I was not circumcised. So if they talk about all those issues that they go through, the fact that if you don't go through the practice, you know, you're not clean and all of those things. When they try to explain all of those stories, I also come out and say, well, I, was, I, I did not go through the practice and here I am. Can you say I am not clean or maybe I am not a part of a particular tribe because this is how I am. I also try to bring out my story to explain to them that this is not something that is, that is an obligation on you. It's not something that is a must. FGM has brought more harm than good in the lives of women. For me, it's just a way of controlling the sexualities of women and not helping them in any way. Mohammed, I will come to you now. Some say this is cultural practice, some say it's part of the religion. But as far as you are concerned, what is your take? Yeah, I think that's where culture comes into play. Because when you talk about the world of people, they don't do it because of their culture. So let's say Sarahules, Fulas and Mandinkas, they are into this deeply and then the Jola. So the only tribe that will say 75% that does not practice is, is the wall of tribes. So if you ask the wall of people, they will tell you it doesn't affect us. And then if you call a Mandinka woman, she will stuntly tell you that it has never affected me by bad or by sex or any other thing. So now it is difficult for you to weigh this because I am a man. So this is, is a very complicated issue. So for me, what affects you as a person? You don't go for it in general. A complicated issue indeed. What do you think? Let us know by visiting our Facebook page, DW Africa, and leave your comments. 
the 77%. Join the debate. Now, back to Omar in the Gambia with the debate. This is the 77% coming to you live from the government capital, Banjul. We are discussing what do women feel when men discuss issues that affect their life and what does the criminalization of FGM means for women. I will come back to you again, Awa. Some said this is not something governments should be discussing now. We should talk about issues. We have seen so many women are dying in hospitals uh, while giving birth and so on. But men, especially religious leaders, are not talking about that. But why do you think they insist on one thing, FGM? I'll just say that FGM is a product of patriarchy. So men would just keep talking about the things that favor them. And then I would just like to defer with um, Fatou's point. Because why would you want to control a girl's sexuality and not control the man? If we're controlling the girls to say that we're going to reduce their sexual pleasure or for them not to go into all of these things, and we're not controlling the boys, I don't think it's going to work. It has to be side by side. It's not going to be fair if we control the women and leave the boys. Fatou, you can come in now. What I have an issue with is I think what this would do is this would really find people that can do it properly. For me... Whether it is criminalized or decriminalized, people are still doing it. So what this would do is this would find those people and teach them how to do it properly, like cut a little bit, and then maybe introduce sex education in our senior secondary schools. Because the major problem why women are really fighting for criminalizing FGM is because they feel that when a woman is circumcised, especially if everything is cut off, they don't enjoy sex when they are making it out. Ava, what do you think is the way forward? The way forward, I think, is to be able to speak the law into existence more. We have the law. We have very beautiful laws in the Gambia. But the thing is, we have a problem with regards to the enforcement of these laws, rather. So, like you said, in 2015, FGM was banned. But we have little or few cases that have been reported so far. So I think the way forward would be people need to come out. People that are affected need to speak out. They need to tell their stories to inspire other people that are still doing the practice, for them to know that this is something that affects our lives and it is something that we need to do away with. And as Gambia, as a nation, we we are saying we are Muslims and this is part of the Muslim culture. We need to look up to Saudi. Are we more Muslim than Saudi? They don't practice FGM. So I don't know what the problem is. They have to go still do a medical research, the impact and then the effects that it has first. And then if you establish that this FGM is really responsible for young women dying during birth, then there should be a compelling law to say we have to stop it. But by history, this is not the case. Because even me, as, as an example, I was given by a, a circumcised woman. I have to be honest, this is the reality. And then she's still alive, she's strong. It's a debatable topic. The only thing people have to do is we have to be careful medically if it has a danger in your life, then you don't do it. But if it doesn't and then you're happy doing it, do it. Finally, Fatu. One thing that people that advocate for fighting against FGM should do is they should be honest and truthful. And especially when it comes to the issue of medical problems or complications that they talk about, that they said women that are uh, circumcised face problems when they're giving birth. That is like the fakest information I've ever had in the century. So you don't tell me that and you expect me to believe it. You have to tell me things that I really hear and believe because this is something that... Even a born child today will know that is not true. Because we have our, our grandmothers, we have our mothers, they used to give birth 
by themselves without the help of anybody and nothing happens to them and they are circumcised women but if you come today and said we want to ban fgm because if a woman is circumcised and she's giving birth she have a problem for me i am circumcised but i am so fortunate they caught me in a way that I am okay. If you say, if you cut out everything, there is a problem. I am circumcised and I'm not feeling what you are saying. There is a confusion. Awa, is there any confusion? You did not go through FGM, but she went through FGM. Fatu went through FGM. So, is there any confusion here? With regards to what she said, I would just like to bring the fact that people are different. Naturally, biologically, people are different. So the fact that I did not go through a medical complication when I was having a child or the fact that somebody else did not go through that complication when they were having a child and they had undergone FGM does not mean that Fatumata in Basia would not go through it. So in as much as we are trying to appreciate the fact that this is something that maybe it's a choice that we have, we also need to appreciate that people are different and we have different bodies, we have different complications. So the fact that it worked for you does not mean it would work for someone else. And if somebody else comes out and says they had complications while giving birth, you should believe them because people have different bodies and we have different complications. With that, we have come to the end of this debate. My panelists were our guy, NFGM advocate in the Gambia. Fatu Kamara, founder and coordinator of Gambian Ladies' Organization, and Mohamed Dabo, chief executive officer of Manding Bantaba. Thank you for your time and bye for now. From the Gambia, thank you Omar Rali together with your panelists. Let's now look at another issue that's affecting women across Africa. That's gender-based violence. Now, together with DW's 77% Namibian musician Ease, is calling for an end to gender-based violence with his song Chooser. I caught up with him and wanted to find out what prompted him to write a song titled Chooser. More and more in the country, in Namibia, I've been seeing so many newspaper articles of of gender-based violence which is happening more and more. And this has been going for many years now, but due to the COVID uh, restrictions and rules and regulations, this is, has been getting more and more because... Uh, women do not have the possibility to get out of certain situations easier. So uh, music is a very powerful tool if you use it right. And the motivation behind it was when uh, Deutsche Welle approached me and said, listen, we would like you to make a song, whatever topic, please just make make a nice song in that direction. So then I said, okay, gender-based violence, this is the best chance for me to use music to to get the message out there so that we can finally attack this situation and talk about it more openly because only if we talk about it and get the politicians to talk about it get everybody together we can actually make a change because we have been too silent for so many years Um, women sometimes stay silent and men make sure that they stay silent which is not cool and apart from music what more can a society do you know to to choose against gender-based violence I think uh, talking about it is one of the biggest things um, because, I mean, gender-based violence would not be there if men would not have this certain type of behavior. So it's it's upon us men to change this gender-based violence. So And it starts small with these, they say, the locker room talk or this is just how men talk. But it's these small things, this cat calling a woman or uh, just something where like the grab grabbing of the behind of a woman. These are the small things, and if society treats them as, ah, it's okay, then they will lead to bigger things. So I think when society sees a man doing small things, 
we should already talk about it and approach the situation, say, listen, no, this is not the way it's done, so that they can't even lead to bigger things. And as a man, you know, you're talking about how men should be doing things or how men should address these issues that are affecting women. But what, what do you think about this role of men helping address such issues? If a man stands up against another man saying that is not the way how women are being treated, then it's a very powerful message from the perpetrator role standing up and saying, listen, this is not the way it's supposed. Because sometimes women feel like uh, it's their fault, but it's never the fault of the woman, never the way that they are being treated. So, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's very important for us men to stand up. We are the ones that have to show that we want to change this. Definitely, women should not be silent about this. Uh, when, whenever something does happen to them, they should please speak up. But the same also when another man sees something, speak up. Silence is helping the perpetrators and we must get rid of that silence. We, we must need women to talk about how they're feeling more open so that other men can see what is, is being done to women and how they feel and how it des- destroys them. And when they speak up about these issues, then more and more will understand it even better. So, yeah, let's just get the word out there. Oh, thank you so much, Ease. I think the word I'm getting here is speak up. You know, we need to speak up. Speak up. Yeah. Speak up, definitely. When you see somebody else doing something in the direction, even if it's just a small thing of disrespecting women, speak up. Great song, by the way. I was just singing when I was coming to the studio. That's the nice thing about the song is it's a very deep message, but it's still motivational because it's a very serious topic. And mm. obviously, we, you can change the song into something which is serious and it can pull you down and say, we have a problem. But you can also turn it in a way that you say, yes, we have a problem, and, but we are tackling it with, with a positive vibe. Um, I don't want to be a loser, which I'm saying in the song. You mm. don't want to be a loser. So change your behavior as a man. And I think it's powerful. And that's what music should be. It should be powerful. I was speaking to Namibian music artist Ease. Yeah, hey. See, this is my life, and I've got the power to choose. Now the ball is in your court. Stand up against gender-based violence with a 77% by sending in a video of yourself or of someone you know interacting with the song Chooser. You can sing or dance to it, you can beat your hands to the rhythm, you can hold up statements of empowerment, hope and protest, or you can make visual statements. Get creative, the stage is yours. And that's not all, you'll also get a chance to win some great prizes. Send your videos via email to 77 at dw.com before March 14, 2021. And check out the music video on our YouTube channel, DW Africa. And with that, we come to the end of this week's show. Thank you for listening. Visit our webpage, dw.com forward slash 77 for this and previous shows. And keep the debate going on our Facebook page, DW Africa. On behalf of the production team, I'm Eunice Wanjiro. Remember to choose what is right. I just choose what is right. I don't have nobody.